and welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, Chief Executive of the Executive Connection. Tech Connect CEOs, executives and business owners to the world's largest business leader network. We're committed to delivering actionable insights, accelerating business performance and optimising decision making. So something a bit different today. We're going to talk about decisions. We talk about CEOs being in the business of making decisions, but those decisions aren't always about what you're doing in your business. And our guest today is William Mera. I've known Will since he was a baby. Will's a young doctor who has taken some time off this year after some uh, gruelling exams last year, including a computer glitch that's another story, but thought it would be good to get Will here to share with us what happened with him in Japan a couple of months ago. I had a call from his mum that started off with those terrible words, he's okay, but this is what just has happened to Will. And when Will first told me the story of his adventure in Japan that we'll get to in a moment, I was kind of struck about, I guess there was a huge element of survival to it and how lucky we were that everything turned out. But on reflection, the bit that really intrigued me was the decisions that Will made along the way that ultimately led to us being able to sit here and talk together today. So Will, welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Tell us about your trip to Japan, just what led you there and were you with friends? How did it all play out? Yeah, so as you said, I sort of finished these big exams and a big couple of years at work and so I wanted some time off and um, none of my friends were having any time off so I thought I'd just go solo. Yeah. Um, so I spent a couple of fun days in Tokyo yeah. and then went up to the ski fields a couple of hours north of there and had two, two and a half days of just awesome sort of powder skiing it was fantastic have you been to japan before i have actually yeah i lived there for a couple of months during high school yeah that's right so it was kind of good to go back i was embarrassed how bad my japanese had gotten oh really relatively quickly but uh, that was that was fine the japanese are so accommodating and, yes. and polite so yeah and what about your skiing wow i thought it was pretty good yeah um but later events were to suggest otherwise. So let's get down to what <laughs> happened. So you'd been there for two and I'd, a half days. Yeah, so I'd been there. I'd been there for two days. Yeah, and I was reflecting on this just yesterday. I, I was on this funny place on that confidence knowledge curve. Yeah, where everything had been going great. Yes, and so my confidence was really high. Yes, but I didn't have great insight into. <laughs> kind of where I was going and getting myself into. So right. I'd been skiing off-piste sort of inbounds for two days, getting yes. knee-to-waist-deep powder. The first time I'd ever skied something like that. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. And every run was just better and better. Right. And so it was fantastic so snow. It was fantastic. I wake... I was almost getting sick of the powder because it was so nice. I yeah. wake up in the morning on the third day, I'm like, it's snowed again and it snowed another 40 centimetres so right. I'm going to just have to go out there and enjoy myself yeah, all right. but, it's um, tough it's tough yeah. life but it was tiring but I just every run was amazing and yeah. so what happened then well I suppose in a way I'd been getting greedy and so I went much higher up the mountain yes um, and skiing an area that was maybe a little bit more difficult and before before I knew it I was on sort of on this precipice and, and fell down on the wrong side of the mountain right 
and I'd been skiing the days prior a little bit further down the mountain and sort of felt like I knew my way yeah. in the back country to, to get back around. And yes. So, so you figured, you found yourself... Out of bounds. Right. Wow. And a little way sort of down the edge of a mountain. And on your own. And on my own. And what time of day was it at this point? That was, well, I just got off the lift at midday. Right, okay. Um, so I presumed, you know, a couple of minutes past 12. But you were okay. You hadn't hurt yourself when fine. you fell or anything. Absolutely None. fine. And I was like, well, you know, a bit of a bad situation, but geez, there's all this powder in front of me. And I feel like if I just go down a little bit and around, I'll, I'll link up to where I was skiing yesterday and happy days. Right. So that's your first decision, I guess, thinking I've done this before. It's a little bit different, but I can figure out yeah, where to go. Where to go. And I'd sort of had or well, thought I knew the landscape enough. Yes. And I had in my mind's eye where I would go. So I, so in my mind, it was a, it wasn't anything really very silly it was sort of actually quite yeah reasonable rather than sort of trek back up some difficult terrain oh just go down and around right so you felt fine felt fine okay so what happened next well so off I skied then for another sort of five minutes and certain you know pretty soon realized well maybe the terrain's not exactly as our as I expected yeah more the topography in that there was this hill that was on my left hand side that just kept going and I, I kept thinking I should be able to just be sort of this hill should be ending I should be getting around it and linking onto that lower part of the mountain and it just rather than getting smaller it kind of kept getting larger actually this ridge on my left and right. I s- suddenly realized oh I'm not I'm not going to be able to sort of traverse across this and, and get a, get around it I'm going to have to really go really go down Yes. And hope that I could get around it down the bottom. So it was quite different from what you were picturing, that I just go down here and then I join on to the... Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was, qu- it was quite different, exactly. Yeah. And by this stage, you know, I probably dropped maybe 100, maybe 100 vertical metres. So right. to sort of try and then backtrack, yeah. actually quite difficult because it's a really steep hill, you know, really deep powder, sort of yes. knee to your, to your hip and no sort of tracks in sight. Yes. So I thought, well, I'm, I can't get back, Yeah. essentially. Um, so I thought, well, you know, this, this ridge, and I still think it must end somewhere and I must be able to get around it. So I'll be a bit more drastic or radical with my direction. And so I thought, well, stuff it. I'm just going to go directly down because yeah. you'll get down to the bottom of this ridge and then around and, and I'll, be, I'll be fine. Yeah. And so that, I felt, was a relatively reckless decision. And at the time, I even felt, oh, why are you doing this? You're being a bit almost selfish in that I I thought, oh, bugger. I I came here to have fun and I'm not having any fun traversing. I'm just going to turn around, just go straight and just get this really great steep run. Right. And so I turned and had this, you know, (laughs) let's just say 30 seconds at best of just this carving, beautiful powder steep through these trees. But then, you know, it's changed so quickly. All, right. of, a su- all of a sudden, I realised, geez, this has got really steep very quickly. Yeah. And I found, oh, my God, I'm in actually this really steep little gully that's actually a ravine. Yeah. And it, uh, I was going too fast and I, I crashed. I, I didn't quite know where I was. And then suddenly I just sort of looked down to the left yeah. of me and 
underneath my ski, I saw this hole through the snow. Yeah. It was this sort of deep blue hole, and I thought, ooh, that's a bit scary. And there was between, you know, 30 centimetres away from this hole, a much bigger hole, the sort of size of a, you know, a manhole on the street or maybe yes. even a square centimetre, a square metre. And I just peeked over and looked directly down and saw that this was a crevasse of about sort of three metres deep. There was a running rocky river underneath it. Wow. And suddenly I've just somehow crossed a river and I'm just on some powder that's a crust of powdery snow above a flowing river in the middle of this forest far away from anywhere. And I just felt like I couldn't move. It was really scary. And I just had this... Yeah, there's a book, Touching the Void, where I some... I love yeah, that Yeah, it's book. an awesome book. I love that book. But this, I thought one of the scariest things is when he was coming back down the mountain, he got down to the to the bottom, yeah. for want of a better word, and he had this huge, big, almost glacier in front of yeah. him where he's trying to dodge all the crevasses and he's talking about how if you get stuck down there, you, you're dead. Yeah. And I just suddenly thought, oh my, if I go down there, there's no way I can climb my way out. Right. There's no way... I didn't know what would happen if I was down there. Right. Um, was that book going through your head? Did that kind of go through your mind? Yeah. Like, well, like touching the void, Joe, whatever his name was. But did that uh, – or not then kind of no, on reflection? No. It, what – definitely like this is how explorers die, getting stuck in crevasses. That went through my head for sure. Yeah, right. And, and what also went through my head, I was like, but five minutes ago everything was fine. Five minutes away everyone's up there. Yes. You know? It's weird. It's like I'm going through – death throes or whatever and people are there just having hot chips up this mountain house or something it was weird 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 and suddenly so scary i just in that moment thought oh my god i've got myself in some big trouble right some really big trouble right and i couldn't and i knew obviously i had to try and get myself out of it but I felt suddenly I couldn't move because I would crush the ice that was... And go down the and hole. And go down the hole, yeah. exactly. And so it was absolute... I was, par- was paralysed. Yes. But then I knew I had to move relatively quickly because otherwise this thing would just collapse. Yes, you could slip down it, yeah. And so I sort of tried to sp- distribute my weight and spread myself as far as I could. And then I, I feel like I couldn't make any sharp movements. And I sort of just edged my way forward. And in doing so took myself a little bit away from what I thought must have been the, you know, the very deepest point of this ravine because this kind of looked like things just sort of sweeped a bit to the left, like a, a metre or so. And yeah. So I moved forward about half a metre or a metre and suddenly I felt like, okay, yeah, you're not going not to die. And Are you talking out loud at that point? Not, I know I've asked you this before, yeah, yeah, not n- then. Not, not at that point. Okay, so we'll get to that. But that was all – I think everything up until that point was – just reaction. Yes. You know, I, there wasn't any thought aside from you're going to die, get yourself out of that. Yeah. But then when I was then maybe away from perhaps imminent death yeah. with that, in that I was a metre away from what I thought was a crevasse, yeah. I then found myself, you know, looking up at these really steep edges of the ravine yes. that I was in, that, that really steep gully that was about sort of, let's say, five or six metres, what felt like vertically and above me yeah and that's when i thought i've got to get out of this ravine and get away from this water and this crevasse yes although i can't keep skiing along this gully because i'm going to just fall into this yeah crevasse again and so that's when the then the self sort of self-talking just sort of started yes out loud uh initially yeah pretty soon after yeah. actually um because 
it was just to stop myself freaking out and yeah. stop us just keep myself going really yeah. even though it was go you know the whole ordeal was only going for five minutes already I was in the throes of it you know it yeah. felt like life yeah. or death and I was so much adrenaline going on yes it was just like come on mate all right and the first thing I thought was those trees which were three quarters of the way up up this sort of ravine so let's say they were three meters I was like that's your safety point if you right. get on, if you can get onto the high side of those trees you'll then be okay. you'll be okay you'll right. be out of here and then you can you can breathe you can rest and you can probably then take a straight line from that rather than try and hike any further up. Okay. And you were physically okay still? Physically fine. 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 Yep. Fine. Yeah. So then I sort of started this effort to get out of this ravine, which was so much harder than I had expected. Because of all this snow, there'd been sort of 80 or well, a metre of snow over the last few days. Yeah. Um, and a, what felt like a gradient of like 60% or something on this really steep ravine. So... And he, I couldn't take my skis off because no, any time you, you put sink, it, straight, sink straight through exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't sidestep up because it was too steep. So I just sort of figured, oh well, I have to sort of somehow build myself a ladder. So I was, which is sort of what I did. I made sure all my equipment was stuck onto me because I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna need every sort of assistance that I can during this process, whatever this process is going to be. Yeah. So I like zipped up the poles really tight on my arms. Um, I made sure my gloves were really like stuck onto me. All my jacket was up. And then I tried sidestepping, didn't work. Then I started to sort of chip away at this snow, but that didn't work either because it wasn't really solid. Yeah. Um, it was sort of like trying to make a ladder out of a really steep sand dune. It just sort of kept falling away so I took one skier off and balanced on one leg and then essentially dug things away and made myself a little ladder yeah and so I would make a little step 30 centimeters sort yeah. of high on my on my ski put one foot on that and then oh, take my foot out of the other ski and then haul myself up on that singular ski with one leg yeah and then have to turn around and and sort of bend down and pull out my other ski out of the snow um, which had just had all my weight on it. Yeah. So it was buried then under yeah. snow. And then I was trying not also to topple down back into the ravine. Yeah. And then had to do that. And I did that for an hour to go three meters. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. And through that whole time, it was like, good boy, Will. Good boy, Will. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. You got this. You got this. What? Are you, it's fine. It's only been a couple of minutes, mate. You're fine. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. It was, it was really remarkable how much energy that used for me. Yes. I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a young, fit, person yeah i was astounded about how quickly i tired yes and I f- and that got you to the trees that you? got me to the trees yeah right and i got to the trees and i thought okay okay now you know get your skis on and ski a little bit further away and then you can get to a point of safety yes so i got the skis on edged my way then along this really steep ravine cleared a bit of snow because i was worried about a little avalanche and then sat and then got myself to this like other collection of trees and there i sat yeah and i thought <sighs> right. like Okay, you're out of there. Nothing can be as worse as what could have been just then. Yes. Whatever happens now, like, it's fine. Yeah. Nothing can be so bad as what could have been just then. So use that almost, you know. So that that was when the, the tiredness really hit me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm drenched in sweat. I'm puffing. I'm shaking. And... And then I was like, but you've still got no idea where you are. <laughs> and you've got no water and no food, I'm Yeah, assuming. I mean, that, well, that was my first problem yeah. before any of this. I was skiing by myself, no food, no water, 
no radio, no one knew where I was, no snowshoes, no no shovel, no emergency location device, no backcountry experience. Right. So, you know, real good. Yeah. <laughs> good learning. <laughs> oh, and that's what I mean about that that knowledge confidence yeah. curve, you know. I just thought, oh, yeah, you know, nothing's gone wrong. Everything's fine. Well, why, what, what, what Let's could be push wrong? it a bit Let's further. Let's push it a Let's bit further. Higher. Let's go higher. Let's yeah. go harder. Yeah. And that came crashing down really yeah. quick. Okay, so you're about an hour and a half in. Yeah, so I got up there actually. I checked my phone. Yeah. And 127 it was. Okay, so, so about fig- an hour and a half. Yeah, about yeah. an hour and a half. And uh, no reception, no maps. I downloaded that. Some app maps.me, but of course you needed to be online or whatever. Yeah. So no, nothing was working. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to need this phone later. I had 70% battery. So I just turned off the phone. Yeah. And then I just sat there and I thought, okay, it's fine. Nothing could be as worse as that, as yep. bad as that. It's about 1.30. You've got four hours, three and a half hours till it gets dark. Plenty of time. Everything's going to be fine, mate. Look at you. You're fine. You're young. You're fit. You kind of think you know where the way you're going and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost like tried to like see myself from a bird's eye view. Yeah. And I was like, just on the other side of that ridge, as I mentioned before, everyone's skiing. Everyone's having a great day. Yeah. Every some people are probably having a glue vine. Some people are working out if they're going to go and have a spa. You know, it was just like normal days go on. You wouldn't have even blinked an eye in an hour and a half at home. Nothing yeah. would have thought that was an issue. So why is it an issue now? You got yeah. plenty of time. Carry on. Yeah which is then sort of what I tried to do. Yeah, um, yeah. So what happened next? So for about 15 minutes, which was actually kind of scary, I just went aimlessly along this ridge in the yeah. forest. And I was on the other side now of the river. I'd mm-hmm. accidentally crossed it. But I thought, you know, rivers always take you out to flat land mm-hmm. or to the coastline. And I thought... Japan's a really populated country and I know heaps of people just live on flat land. So either it's going to spit me out in the town if I follow the river or it's going to spit me out on the coastline, in which case, well, at least you're not in the mountains. So that's going to be the right thing to do. So I was like, okay, the way out of here is to follow this river because that goes down as well. So you're always going to go down. And so I sort of try to keep it down on my left-hand side and, and, and snake my way through the trees. And then suddenly the ridge that I was following ended and there was a little side tributary sort of stream that I realized I'd have to cross yeah and it just scared the living daylights out of me because of what had happened yes all I could think of was if I get stuck down another one of these things I don't think I'm going to be able to get up have the energy I don't think I can yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Yeah. so I thought well I'll just backtrack a bit and hopefully the ravine will be less deep which I did and then I sort of learnt from my mistakes I knew well I have to go fast enough to get across the river yeah which has happened by chance last time. I'll just do that again. I went fast and then I knew I just had to keep my speed and I, I sort of crossed it and then got to the other side of the river and found a place of safety relatively quick. And then I th- and then the whole time I was like, you can't let this beat you. You can't let this beat you. You can't be as slow as last time. You can't use as much energy as last time. And so that was when I was really coaching myself. Come on, Will. Good boy. Good boy. Keep going. Keep going. So long. Actually, this happened the, the the previous ravine as well, but also this one. So long as you're not going backwards, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Even if it's a centimetre, if it's five centimetres, so long as you're not going down, then it's not wasted energy. So just keep going, keep going. And that's what I did. And that little ravine only took me like 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So that was much easier. And so that gave me a bit of confidence. Like, yeah, yeah. great, great. And kept going for like n- another few minutes. I felt like a long time, but it probably wasn't. And then suddenly sort of the, there was kind of like this little break in the trees. And I just sort of 
followed it and followed along and, and the, the tree sort of remained broken along this yeah. edge of the ridge. And I, I suddenly I was like, could this, could this be a track? Yeah. <laughs> don't don't yeah. believe it yet. And then I kept going. It sort of, it, it, you know, there was this real cut in, in the side of the hill. Yes. Um, and I suddenly thought, yes, this, you can believe it. This, this could be a track. This must yeah. be a track. Someone's made this. Yeah, yeah. someone made this. It, in summer, maybe they could use this or maybe it's a forester's track that they use in summer. Yeah. And I was like, yes, there must be a way out of here. Yeah. Yes, yes, great. And so then I was following that. But I followed that for like 45 minutes. During that time, my brain started sort of getting a bit worried and, you know, playing some tricks on me. The plan was going as, you know, as planned. The river was still on my left. I was still going downhill, but the cutting made it such that I, I stayed on the relatively the same height. And so I had to use a lot of energy going through this 50 centimeter deep powder or yeah. so in my downhill skiing skis, yeah. traipsing through this snow and almost horizontal while it's still dumping snow. And I was sweating and... And then I started to see these like tracks of like what looked like dogs. And I was like, are there wolves are there in wolves? Japan? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I no. don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's not, but oh God, I hope I'm right. And then, uh, and then I saw these, and then you know, I just started noticing all these things. I noticed that when snow falls off trees, it leaves what looks like big bear footprints in the <laughs> bloody right. snow. And uh, so I thought it was just chunks of snow falling off the trees, but at the same time I was like, maybe there's bears. Right. And I'd heard this guy talking about bears in the cafe the night before, and he's, he was a Japanese dude, so he's sort of English wasn't that good, but he was rather than saying a herbivore, he's like, yeah, the, the bears are vegetarian. And the whole time I'm just like, while I was out there, I was like, I hope he's right. Yeah. I hope they're vegetarian, <laughs> these bears. Hello, Mr. Bear. You're a vegetarian. Mate. <laughs> yes, sweet. Okay, we're all good. So there's a lot of stuff going on in your head. Yeah, it's there's so much. This initial like tracks, I was like, oh, maybe that's a person tracks. Yes. And then it sort of like became much narrower and I realized, oh, it does look like a little sort of yes. single file dog track. Yeah. And then suddenly that disappeared and then there was all these holes and these bear things. I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? And then the time's dragging on and, and this ridge is, is not going to be able to get around and, and suddenly I'm getting pretty worried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it sort of felt like just at the end of my tether almost, out of nowhere from this big ridge that's on my right-hand side, these tracks just emerge. Right. Like proper snowboard and skier tracks. It looked like two people had come and suddenly... I was like, that, there must maybe there's another resort. Maybe people were doing some weird backcountry thing. Yeah. And and I just started laughing, and I thought, and I and I rested back down on my skis, and I thought, oh, you didn't think this was how the day was going to pan out, <laughs> did you, Will? You know, I was like, oh, I'm safe. You know, oh God, you got worried for nothing, didn't you, big yeah. guy? But you know, all is well. So I started following these tracks who were following my little cutting, and I thought, yes. yep, I was on the right tracks you know, I was on, on the a path. Tracks on a path, you know, you're home and hosed. But I had to follow those for about 45 minutes too, and it was just taking a lot of energy. And they, I expected to be out of there sooner. Yeah. So you're on the flat still. That's the energy. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I had to use less energy because they'd cut this path. Yes, yes. So I didn't have to push through snow, but I was still having to essentially traverse on this flat. It was yes. going along the edge of a re yeah, mountain yeah, rather yeah. than down. Yeah. I, 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 my jacket was completely undone. Um, I was so scared of being going snow blind yes. that I kept my goggles on Yeah. because um, I didn't know, oh, 
could I be out here for a while? Yes. In which if I go snow blind, then, then I'm gone yes. for sure. Kept the goggles on, but steaming the goggles up. So I would have uh. looked like a ridiculous sight, sort of head lopsided, trying to see through the tracks that my beads of sweat had made on the inside <laughs> of my goggles while I'm my jacket's open. I'm just looking like this haggard sort of, you know, unprepared Westerner in the yeah. Japanese forest. But anyway, that was going. That was going. And so everything was going to plan, albeit a little taking a little bit longer. Yes. And then suddenly out of nowhere, these bloody tracks take a hard left away from where I was wanting to go and down the hill back towards the river, the ravine that I was so scared right. of. And in my head, that just didn't make any sense because I was saying, we've got to follow this river and this track yeah. to get out of here. Yeah. Why would they do that? And I was so scared about losing height. Yes. Suddenly they've gone down. I'm like, I cannot afford to lose that height because I'm going to lose all my energy. That's madness. I can't do that. So I thought, back yourself, Will. So far the plan was going okay. In the past, there's been times where you could have backed yourself and you didn't and maybe <sighs> things would have turned out better if you'd just backed yourself. And I was like, this is kind of a big situation where things might not go so well if you don't back yourself. So back yourself. Well, you've only got yourself to back in that situation. Yeah, you? I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. You didn't have any other options except maybe I did. Yeah. <laughs> which was follow their tracks. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, just do it. You know, follow your gut or follow your plan. So they go left down to this ravine. I'm like, no, I'm going right. So I'm going to go right and keep skirting along this cutting. And I go around this corner, which, you know, this ridge yes. was in front of me. I go around this corner and then it was the most, one of the most dejected moments of my life. All I could see into the horizon Ridge, 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 ridge down this long, deep valley to the horizon, these ridges and these dark clouds of snow. And it was all just Japanese forest. And I thought, I'm not going to get out. My plan's not going to work. What's going to happen? I really, that, that was a real moment where I thought, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm really, really alone. I'm really actually lost. I actually am lost. To that, up until that point, you're coaching myself through it and I was like, you've got a plan and if you've got a plan, maybe you haven't got lost. Or, you know, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could, yeah. I could you know, be that bird's eye view again and think, people are up there and this is where yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to end up at a town out there. And then suddenly... That was gone. You're in the middle of nowhere. I was in the middle of nowhere. It was scary yeah. and really sad and I felt really alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was, that was like a, a, a point at which I had a decision to make and it was, do you just keep following, do you keep backing yourself Yeah. or do you go back to those tracks and trust someone else even though what they're doing seems to be counterintuitive to you? Or so you know, not your plan, yeah, not what you think is a good idea. <laughs> I'm trying to think through my sort of decision-making, but, but really it was, it was, well, they probably know where they're going. Those tracks must be fresh because it's dumping snow and I can see them, so they must have been within the last 24 hours. So they must be in, they must either be able to get out or must be, you know, reachable. They're not so far away. But also it was like that's a known and I'm going down an unknown. And if I go down the unknown and it doesn't work out, that's not really forgivable. And like, 
I mean, not really forgivable in that maybe I would have been dead if I'd just gone down that way. Whereas I kind of felt like the path that was already set, there was some logic in that or there was maybe some safety in that. Yeah. So this is, (laughs) you mean following the tracks? Following the tracks that they had made. Even though that was not what I wanted to do, I felt like I couldn't justify backing myself enough to just go my way. Because you just didn't really have enough information, did you? Well, that was it. That was it. And, And... I didn't know where it was going and actually, in fact, it looked like it was going nowhere. Yeah, that's well, when you look at the, all the ridges and everything. It I looked mean, like into the horizon, all that was ahead of me was like 10 times what I'd just done. So what did you do, Will? <laughs> so I thought, bugger it, I'll turn around, I'll go back up and follow those tracks. So I had to sidestep back up my five, five metres or so, which didn't sound like much, but it felt like a hell of a lot. Yeah. Go down and start following these tracks. And they go down to the ravine and clearly they knew where they were going because there was this little crossing yeah. area. So that was good. But then suddenly, oh, they're starting to work their way uphill. And so I'm following them, following yeah. them, but it's going uphill. Had to change my technique a little bit. I sort of sidestep and then get my get my skis into the side of the snow, move another one side of the snow to try and sort of almost get myself up. Because if I just tried to walk up, I just kept falling back down. Same. So, Will, I want to bring up something that you've told me before. Yeah. A little levity in the moment here. Yeah, yeah. You were getting pretty hungry by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hungry and thirsty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you told me a great story about something that was crossing your mind. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was funny. So, I was back following – I was onto these guys' tracks, following them, and, God, it was taking me a hell of a long time. Getting so sweaty. I'm, I'm, I'm sh- by this stage – I was shoveling snow into my mouth. Yeah. I was so thirsty because I was yeah. drenched, through, drenched through all my park and everything yeah. in sweat. And I was also getting incredibly hungry. Yeah. So, so hungry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're thinking about food and all yeah, these yeah, yeah. things. And, and I was like, well, these tracks, you know, you know, you've done the right thing. These tracks will either lead you out or lead you to a dead body. Yeah. Because that's how extreme I thought my yeah, situation yeah. was. And then I'm like, I wonder how, if it's a dead body. I wonder how long it is until it's socially acceptable that I can start eating them. <laughs> oh. How many hours in are you? Uh, three and a half hours. <laughs> three and a half. I, I don't know the three and a half hours. I feel upon, upon reflection three and a half hours is not quite enough. <laughs> but going through my mind, I'm like, where would be the best place to bite? <laughs> this where is where your medical, your anatomy classes come where in. Where could you get a, you know, I don't really have any sort of utensils. Where can I get a good <laughs> mouth hold? I thought that. The traps were quite good. <laughs> then maybe the biceps. <laughs> I just, I love your story, and I love your three and a half hours. That's really. And then, yeah, literally the same in the same sort of moment, the same breath. Like, mate, you've you've been gone three and a half hours. <laughs> you probably be, you last a bit <laughs> You're longer. Probably gonna be okay. So, well, I mean, this it's it's a long story. Yeah. And it's incredible, and your your imagery is fantastic. <laughs> How come you and I are sitting here right now? I mean, I know yeah, yeah. it's terrible to speed you up when you're going no, through this, course. but well, so what happened? So two things. I, uh, going, you know, following these guys, and I was towards the end of my my trekking. I had a brainwave. I was like, "Hey, on Google Maps uses satellite," and I'm in the open now, so I could sort of bring up where I thought I was, and I was on some cutting and some path, and then I saw, you know, where I thought I was. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- I trekked on for another hour. And yeah. that was the hardest of all the hours was was doing this trek because it was it was much more steep. But um, you were following a map. But I was following a map. I'd, I'd had my phone on and off, yeah. but I was following a map um, on uh, and and I was completing what I thought was a large S bend and about a, a quarter of what was ahead of me. Yeah. And then 
after that hour, I sort of reopened my phone, looked at my map, and I thought, oh, my God, that big S-bend that was on Google Maps yeah. that I thought I was traversing, no, I've just done a little, like, little like blip on that a big tiny S-bend. Bit, and yeah. my will was just gone. Yeah. Um, these, these tracks that I'd been following actually just sort of went, made a 90 degree turn just went straight up this hill little did i know these people obviously had backcountry gear and and strapped on some snowshoes and, and climbed Walked up, up the hill. And, right. and i couldn't for, for all efforts even though i thought this is you know i have to save my life i have to walk up this hill like yeah. i actually couldn't you couldn't do my, it. my skis kept going backwards i qu- kept taking off my skis i tried to walk i just slipped down to my sh- my my thighs and my my my, my, my waist so i couldn't and so then i thought and then it struck me the international sos number during that hour i thought oh i remember that on my mobile phone yeah. 119 oh, i should try that yeah. <laughs> i thought but up until that point actually maybe a bit of ego and maybe the hip pocket had been thinking about well jesus it's going to cost a lot of money to get so- saved here and also well, no you you can do this i hadn't i never let myself think that things were going to go wrong yeah because then I would have felt like I did when I ran around that corner and saw nothing but forest. Yes. I'd always just thought, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You're out of here. Yeah. You're out of here. All good, mate. Yeah. Everything's fine. And then I suddenly had this that moment again, similar to when I ran around that corner, yes. again of night's coming now. It's yeah. getting cold. You can't go forward anymore because it's getting too steep. You know the way back's not the way. And that's when reality really hit. And I thought, if I'm staying out here, I'm going to get frostbite yeah. in all sorts of areas. Yeah. And that really scared me. So I thought, okay, you know, there's something money and ego are maybe transient or fixable, but, you know, frostbite and permanent injury really isn't. Okay, I've got to, I've got to make the call. I've got to call. And so that was an ordeal in itself and then I spent 45 minutes across a whole range of emergency services in Japan trying to, trying to work out where I was. Anyway, it ended up with looking to the sky, looking to the sky, rescue team, rescue team, stay where you are, which in my head was like, yes, they're sending a helicopter. Yes. And so there I stood for an hour because um, I was so afraid of moving and yes. from them losing where I'd given my coordinates, which is simply holding your finger on Google Maps uh, in case you're uh, ever found. A handy tip. <laughs> handy tip. Next time I'm lost in the back Drop country. a pin. Drop yeah. a pin. And so there I stood for an hour I got incredibly cold because by this time it was night yeah. and it was actually had really cleared up so there was no sort of warming cloud cover and I was freezing cold. And um, they didn't come. And they didn't come. Yeah. I kept hearing these planes up really high and I thought, that must, must be them. No, they didn't come. And I was like, no, of course, it takes ages to yeah. rig up a helicopter. It's fine. And then it really set in about an hour in. They're not, they're not coming. Yeah. You're, you're stuck out here, mate. And I had my hands in a fist and I tried to put my hands back in my gloves and my gloves were solid blocks of ice. I knocked them together and they were like making this really clinking sound. I thought, you're, that's it. You're, you're, that's it. You're out on your own. So I thought, all right, I'll just I'll start digging an ice cave, I suppose. Not that I ever knew what that was, but I started digging that. And then suddenly that sort of woke me up. I could just call them back. Yeah. And so, which is what I did. You don't actually have to dig in and stay <laughs> I don't the night. have to dig yeah. in and stay the night. I just call them back, which I did. And I went through the whole rigmarole again, including very polite Japanese people who, when you're a polite translator, you're having to excuse yourself for any speaking english and i was just like get on with it i'm bloody cold <laughs> yeah. i'm starving i'm scared yeah. i'm out of here by myself yeah. 
Anyway, and then they and then someone said they were coming, and he was speaking to this ski patrol officer who spoke a bit of English, and and he the, the most beautiful moment was that he knew where I was. Yeah, right. He was like, okay, did it? Did it go steep? And then did it start going flat? And then there was a little track, and I was like, yes, yeah. yes, that's where I am. You know where I am. Thank you. And and he said, okay, we'll see what I can do. Call me back in half an hour, and that gave me this renewed spirit. Yes. And then I was like, well, maybe I can stay out the night. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Went back to my ice cave, dug that for another thirty minutes. Called him back in thirty minutes, and he said, okay, Will, we're not there yet. It's going to take a while, but I promise you, someone's coming. Uh, and then that was just this yeah. beautiful feeling of yeah, the personal oh. connection. Yeah, and and I suppose it was hope or whatever. And I was like, I can do this. And I re-remembered yeah. re- what I was, a young, fit person yeah. who didn't have any injuries. I was like, yes, okay, back to your cave. <laughs> and uh, and so I was digging this cave. I was getting quite proud of it. And I thought, well, no, I don't need to stay. I don't need to be rescued. <laughs> and then, uh, no, I definitely didn't need to be rescued. And then as I was almost trying to seal myself in because then all the engineering of the cave yeah. went through my mind and then this light flashed and uh, – and I, oh, shoot. And I suddenly realized how much I wanted to see these people. And I broke out of my cave and I was yelling and waving my phone. And I just looked up and it felt like the, the mountains were vertically above me. And I just saw this like a trail of light. And there yes. were three guys skiing through the night down these really steep hills towards me. And then they set up a little, little bivouac. And then one came to me and he just said, William? I was like... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, if, you were, if you weren't, you'd say you were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, yeah. no, he's, he's the ice cave. He's cape. the he's other guy down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got up and uh, he softened up a little bit. The Japanese are so polite and friendly. And then I just gave him a hug and then he gave me a hug and it was just like, I'm, I'm saved. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was the most beautiful feeling. And then he booked, took me to the other guys and they were all polite and I just didn't even care. I just gave them a hug. And it was just an amazing feeling of being looked after and being safe. Safe. And then I could just offload all responsibility. I didn't have to think about what I was going to do. I just gave all my trust. I gave everything to them. I just went onto this autopilot. Like I instantly felt warm or something, you know? They were just telling me what to do. They were just like, take off your helmet. I just took off my helmet. And then they just like put a light around me and put my helmet, clipped my helmet back on, fed me, told me when to ski, when to stop, when to ski, when to stop. We had to ski another hour and a half. And during that time, we sort of all bonded. And, <laughs> and tell us the kicker, Will, about what was well, the right yeah. way to get down. So first, we quickly skied down the, that, uh, that last hour that I'd spent following those people's tracks, yeah. which was the hardest hour when I was thinking about eating yeah. people, yeah. My, my fellow humans. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we went the way that I had chosen not to go. So you backed yourself. So I should have backed myself. <laughs> So, Will, mm. what a story. Yeah. I mean, and what a what a capable, <laughs> resilient person you are and, and entertaining. I tell you what, you could hear a pin drop in this studio right now <laughs> with everyone listening to your story. Thanks, Steph. Here's my question. So there's a, a wonderful speaker we have, Sven Hansen, mm. who talks about Navy SEALs and he says they say, don't rise to the occasion – sink to the level of your training i've told you this yeah yeah so what is it about you or your upbringing or your education that helped you make the decisions you made that got you out of there okay very tough question Mm. i think one of the really important things was what i sort of touched on before about that perspective and i sort of mean that in 
almost in the literal sense in that I took that perspective almost of that bird's eye view. I felt that I tried to keep reminding myself that this situation wasn't so bad, that I wasn't too far away from people, what I was trying to get at. You know, I wasn't so far away from civilization. It wasn't such a bad situation. It wasn't unsalvageable. This was correctable and I could do that. And that was a really important thing Mm. that let me not get overwhelmed was that sense of you're not that far away. This isn't such a big deal. And then that let me believe that, oh, yeah, well, you can do this. Yeah. Of course. I think being able to tell yourself you can do it when it feels like you can, that's not very hard. But if you're then trying to tell yourself you can do it, you can do it, you can do it when you feel you can't, when you feel or when you've made it such that you can't, well, then that's impossible. Mm. And I think that point at which I made the call to the, to the helicopter, what I thought was going to be the helicopter at the end, that was because almost I couldn't kid myself anymore or I'd stopped believing that I could or I'd stopped actually taking that perspective. I stopped abstracting myself from myself. I, I, I just got all wrapped up in the situation. Okay, you, it, it really did become overwhelming then. Yeah. How are you feeling about it now? I'm feeling good about it actually for most of it it wasn't so bad for most of it it was mainly a physical challenge yes uh which was you know i was just really really tired yes uh to the point where i was actually like not just my muscles were tired but i was really tired like i wanted to sleep yeah um and you knew that wasn't good uh, i kept seeing these points i was like i could just yeah sit down there and have a very nice sleep and then i on the other part of me was like and then you might never wake up yeah but for the most part it was just sweating it was just being puffed uh and that was fine but it was the real tough points were that point where oh my god my plan's never gonna yeah never gonna come to fruition so for the most part it was fine and and i think it's i've made me learn a lot of things and the I suppose maybe a sense of perspective yeah I love that about perspective I love how self-aware you are I mean that's been very clear along the way and the way you've even been able to reflect on it and think about the decisions you made yeah I think it's a fantastic story (laughs) and it's not just because I know you and it's hard for people who listen to this and don't get to see your gestures as you (laughs) paint a great picture of what's been going on. I want to just convey the steepness of those hills. (laughs) We believe believe you. I'm freezing hearing the story and I'm so glad you didn't resort to cannibalism because then there'd be a whole sort of consequences to that. (laughs) Will, I, I think your story is wonderful and I think that there's so much for us all to learn from that mm-hmm. and I love it when we talk about making decisions about yourself as a person and and growing and being the best person you are I think you've you've taught us so much today oh, so you. well thank you so much yeah no worries thank so, you <laughs> so that's tech live for today CEOs are in the business of making decisions and leadership is the art of execution I'm Stephanie Christopher and look forward to talking to you next time mm-hmm.